0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Dublin Tech Talks. It's Gavin Fox here, uh, brought to you by WorkHuman and Marissa Meyer. Uh, on the podcast today, we speak with Sean Pickett, who is Head of Business Development for Icon Accounting. Icon Accounting are an Irish-owned business that work within the contracting and accounting business. Uh, they facilitate uh, organizations and contractors on site through compliance, payments, uh, and other solutions. Um, myself and Sean talk through um, the careers the, the contracting market at the moment, the ups and downs of 22 and 23, uh, what a business should look for in a compliant contracting organization and why people should be engaging with with a business like Icon uh, and the importance they bring to the market. Uh, we hope you enjoy and um, see you soon. Sean Piggott, Head of Business Development for Icon Accounting. Welcome to Dublin Tech Talks. Thank you very much for having me. Honoured to be here. So, Icon Accounting, contract management, accountants, what what does the business do and, and what's your role there?
1: Uh, so, I suppose, how to, how to explain it? It's quite simple, to be 100% honest. We manage the compliance and finance for independent professionals. Now, when I say independent professionals, that can vary, I suppose, quite broadly. Um, the company was founded in 2008. And it was founded as a result of a very emerging market in Ireland at that time. So that's when the, I suppose, professional community, a professional independent community, mm-hmm. was kind of really starting to take off. Uh, founded by Gerard Kiernan. And again, I think that the vast majority, to be 100% honest, of the immediate growth that was witnessed in 2008 was a kind of a direct result of FDI and IDA. Yeah. Um, that method of engaging with talent was quite commonly known in the States, in the UK, and across mainland Europe. But it was something that hadn't really, I suppose, taken its toll in Ireland at that stage we do like to be a little bit slower to adapt to these things so. well
0: it was here but it, it wasn't there was no real compliance behind it yeah like you could be a sole trader and you could have been some lad picking up yeah, yeah picking up a cheque and nobody really cared.
1: Yeah, and I think I think probably that's the, the kind of loose nature of a sole trader set up in the structure within a sole trader. Mm. Probably scared a lot of the multinationals to an extent where they were probably looking for something a little bit more secure. Mm. Um, and that's, again, I suppose where I can step in. So we offer private managed company solutions. That's through umbrella companies or obviously through someone's own individual company, yeah. which we can also manage. Um, typically, the natural kind of progression for someone that's starting out, in I suppose a contract opportunity for the first time, most of them will opt for a director umbrella solution or an umbrella company set up to start. Yeah. Uh, very, very straightforward and easy and it takes an awful lot of the, I suppose, admin burden away from someone that is considering that line of work. So after probably six to twelve months if they are still considering contracting as kind of something long term and we would consider long term and contracting as anything kind of three years up if they are considering contracting for that period of time we'll very much advise them to to look at the private limited company so they'll be the only shareholder within that company obviously and we can manage that on their behalf too Um, but it just offers kind of further flexibility further I suppose opportunities to become more tax efficient and yeah it's it's been good it's been a whirlwind three years you're you're, you're there
0: three years aren't you four years yeah
1: yeah March 2020 was when I started so so yeah, literally, not much th- went on then. Oh, did it? <laughs> two weeks, two weeks before the announcement came, I was actually out on the road meeting people for the first time, and I heard the announcement
0: then from the T So, um, and what what was the reaction on the contracting side? Because, um, was there a, a flight to contracts, or was there just a, a kind of everybody took a pause? I think that's the flight. Uh, yeah, went,
1: it? It, it, like again, my biggest concern was look, I'm after joining a company, and fifty percent of our client base is going to be gone in the morning. Yeah, uh, thankfully, I was completely wrong. Very few contracts were cancelled. To be hundred percent mm. transparent, there was, like you say, a pause. There was definitely a reaction from the market just to kind of yeah. say, "Whoa, let's let's wait and see what happens here." But ultimately, there was very little impact. To be hundred percent transparent on our on our client base, there was, like I say, some pauses. But them contracts did continue and go ahead when yeah. things started. But down. then so, there's a
0: demand for other things, so like like or for um, like medical was uh, needed. Uh, yeah, and things abso- like that. absolutely. And
1: then obviously it kind of went from the medical rush to the cyber security rush, and people are you know operating remotely for the first time, etc. So it really was non stop from I would say April 2020, kind of late April 2020, early May 2020, yeah. all the way up until December last year. Yeah, it was non-stop. Like genuinely. We don't talk about Q1. No. <laughs> the Q2, the no. T- no, no, we don't talk about that. That's okay. That's okay. We're on the same page there. <laughs> um, but yeah, it genuinely non-stop, non-stop. So this is really, I suppose this year has been my first insight into yeah. the cyclical nature of of the recruitment space. Um, and again, it's it don't get me wrong, it's been a more challenging year this year,
0: but it's still it's still been good. Yeah, it's my sixth cycle. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I, I had hair by the first one. <laughs> it but by, by the eighth one, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be shining in my head. It's It takes resilience, I tell you that. Um, so I've, I've worked in contact recruitment for too many years and I understand it very well. But what would you say the fear is for a lot of people getting into that market? And I always say, you don't have a permanent job, you know, you could be fired to all that kind of stuff. So what what is why is there such a buoyant market in this space because you you wouldn't if you, if you don't live within this world you don't really understand that like i say 30% of companies of larger companies could be 40% are made up by contractors
1: absolutely absolutely so i always say to look at again if you're speaking to someone that's never worked as a contractor before it's completely natural for them to be concerned cautious all of the above the main concern or caution comes from the fact that for the first time in their professional career, there's an expiry date associated with that actual yeah. opportunity. Now, you know as well as I do, if if you go in and do your work, I would say nine times out of ten, mm. it'll be a case that if there's not another project with your, I suppose, actual client that you're delivering that service yeah. to at this moment in time, the recruiter that you're actually working with that's placed you with that client will more than likely have more opportunities for you to, to at least consider. Um, but again completely natural for anyone to be concerned about it like I say the expire date is there why people tend to look past that is because the rate of pay on offer for an independent professional contractor in comparison to a permanent employee that would pretty much be carrying out the exact same role Mm. you're looking at 20 to 30% in additional now again that's not to say that you know that comes with its pros and cons too they don't get paid for holidays so you get paid for the time that you physically work you also do lose I suppose the element of the benefits package that comes with permanent employment so your employer's pension contribution as an example your your, you know, your life assurance, your kind of sick pay cover. Um, but thankfully, based on the, I suppose, the work that has been done by Ger and, you know, everyone yeah. in Icon since then, all of those benefits can now be replicated and
0: actually not even replicated, but improved upon. So, yeah, that, that's probably the evolution of from when I yeah, started it, out. Yeah, yeah back a long time ago <laughs> to now there, there is like the availability of getting your independent p- um, pizza I was about to say independent uh, <laughs> you can get pizza too
1: <laughs> just don't try an expensive please <laughs> independent pizza <laughs> it
0: certainly helps on your policies uh, so you can get your pension you can get healthcare you can do all that now through your organisation but also you can start for mortgages because uh, that, that was a netty no-no when, when it was there like nobody would do it
1: 100%, 100% and I think to be honest that it was always going to take probably 10 years for the yeah. banks to become you know, comfortable and familiar with the actual market itself um, but again we've been blessed with the fact that our wealth management partner actually started their own mortgage brokerage so we know for a fact that if anyone yeah. of our clients essentially is in that kind of process or at that stage in life there's someone that he can speak to that not only you know, obviously knows everything from a financial perspective but they also very much understand the independent professional contractor market as well so it's been a massive game changer. Um, again, there's there's more new entrants coming all the time in terms yeah. of you know actually
0: specialising in contractor mortgages. So that can only be good. Yeah, and a, a last bit of kind of policy stuff. IR thirty five happened oh. in the UK. Was it was a bit of a, a shit show? Yes, absolutely. Um, kind of nicely. reversed a bit. Yeah. Well, U turn. Another U U turn. Yeah, so it's still a bit of a shit show. Yes. Do you see? I always people always and I say no all the time, but. We're really compliant in a, in a market that can be very uncompliant. Yes. Do you think that policies will change around that, or will it always be that kind of self regulating revenue generate like that revenue led? Uh, it's
1: it's a policy?
0: hard it's a hard question to answer to be a
1: hundred percent transparent. But I do personally believe that there'll be no changes in terms of an IR thirty five approach yeah. from from Irish legislation perspective. Um. If we're going to learn anything from the UK, it's how detrimental IR35 has actually been yeah. to that market. You know, there's been obviously there was a massive influx of people moving away from the UK when that was introduced, and like you say, it was an absolute minefield. So much so that HMRC actually misclassified a lot of their own yeah. independent professionals. So I love that. Yeah, you know, if, <laughs> if, if the if the legacy makers are sorry, if the re, if the regulatory body can't get it correct, yes. who can? Um, but it just shows you the complexity behind that actual, I suppose, legislation that was brought in. Um it still has an impact on us today, even though, you know, we're completely distant to IR35, we manage Irish independent contractors, we don't have, uh, I suppose, a UK presence um, as much as we probably could have and yeah. would have, but with IR35,
0: it's kind of taken the the fruit away from it, to be yeah. 100% honest. You've thought about the UK, you can tell me now if you want to answer this one. Um, contractors, remote contractors came quite big. Yes. Is that something that is still quite common? Is that, you know, how is that managed now these days for, because compliance and regulation is pretty important. Yeah, 100%. So is that something that's still going on? Contractors from not coming to Ireland, can you do that through the business or what way is that done?
1: To be honest, it is quite difficult. So we would always say to someone, again, we're kind of between a stone and a hard place, whereby the hiring client in Ireland and the recruitment partner, I suppose, partnered with the hiring client they're very much insistent on an irish business company yeah. i suppose you know to set up the issue there is if the actual person is not going to be located in Ireland, yeah. they have no right or reason to be paying tax in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. Instead, their tax should be paid locally where their work is carried out. But as soon as, obviously, you mentioned, you know, we, this person should be operating through a UK limited company, it kind of... So does that just come back to
0: them paying their taxes? And it does. It's really it, it, simplistic.
1: It, it does. It genuinely does. Because are, are they
0: are they an employee or are they a limited company? Do exactly. pay their taxes? Yeah, exactly. Uh, now it's now we a bit get, of a fear thing.
1: It is. It definitely is. And what's, what's happened, I suppose, even with... UK recruitment agencies that now obviously try to, you know, approach the Irish market, they kind of put this blanket rule across the Irish candidates and it's like, you're damaging yourself here first and foremost, but... Yeah, they're, they're very much... You can see the fear within the hiring clients and within these recruitment partners by literally just throwing the blanket over
0: everyone yeah. and saying you're inside. But out you can, 25. can't
1: you? There's no real... Like once you,
0: you, once you do your background checks and you get your tax value or... 100% and
1: there is, there's a self-assessment and stuff. So you can, you can get around it. But again, it's it's more so the hiring client that you're kind of trying to, to please. Perfect. That's that
0: bit done. So touched on a minute ago, end of 2022, oh, market changed a bit. So what what, what did you see... I can tell you ours but what what did you see as your trends kind of So December into January
1: December like typically December is a quieter month for us and it was in 2020 and it was in 2021 and look when people are you know approaching the end of the year not only are you kind of not really focused on new opportunities and changing jobs at that time you just want to get Christmas out of the way realistically so it's always been a quieter time but last year was different and it was literally all systems go right up until D-Day up until like 21st, 22nd um, which was strange and that kind of gave me a big sense of false I suppose hope in terms of (laughs) January um, but that was very quickly, I suppose, removed when January actually came around. January was the quietest month that we've ever had in my time. Really? Yeah, really, really. Like quiet. on the
0: backdrop of if people aren't aware of mass layoffs, yes, scaremongering among among the market. Oh, yeah, do you know there was going to be no the tech sky was falling in Ireland, down. Yeah, uh, everybody's leaving. Yes, absolutely. And people showed up shop. Hundred percent.
1: And I think that as well as that, even and look, I'm not one to kind of poke at the calendar and say, oh well, we had more days here, but. I think that based on the way the calendar did fall around Christmas, an awful lot of hiring managers were probably out of the office yeah. until the sixteenth of, of January, do you know, they took yeah. an extra week or whatever. and um, so that had an impact again, do you know, because I, I know obviously the tech sector was, was massively impacted in January yeah. and there was some bad news, absolutely. Um I think it was more of a correction than, you know, I suppose widespread cuts. It's probably something that they had to correct based on kind of yeah. overhiring. Like
0: recruitment only works when there's like, it, sorry, it doesn't work when there's scaremongering, when there's uncertainty. Yeah. And, and there's news reports coming out that, you know, Google are pulling out of Ireland. <laughs> it's like, you're yeah, right there, you're not. Like, and I'm I, i I'm guessing that was a big kind Definitely. of shunt in the market for contracting. A hundred percent. And not just from,
1: uh, you know, an onboard and hiring yeah. client perspective, but also for people that were probably, you know, approached with a contract opportunity around yeah. that time. They were saying, no, no, wait, I'm, you know, I'm going to stay exactly where I am until all this kind of settles down and blows over. Yeah. but. Um, yeah, it was it was very much a domino effect in terms of obviously once, I suppose once the big first name went they kind of all said, this is our opportunity to get in under the same kind yeah. of sandstorm. Oh, I know. <laughs> in fairness to you, though, one one thing that I, I definitely appreciated was your LinkedIn throughout that time because, you know, it was shining a light on something that I had, you've never been, that's never been said to you before, No, choose
0: it? <laughs> It's usually fuller Um But no, it,
1: you know, because it did, it, it did shine a different light and it was like, no, hold on, everyone needs to relax here, you know, it's not the end of the world, there is layoffs, but again, it will pick up and it did. It yeah, did, no,
0: actually. I've I've gone to, as I about six cycles and, uh, it, it, it's always the same 100% mass hysteria uh, layoffs or just a cut in hiring and then the realisation that shit we have to build product yeah. or we're getting the tech cyber wise I remember in 8, 9 or nine, ten, and suddenly people went oh like people are trying to do stuff here and like cyber hiring went crazy because nobody invested in their security systems and people were just coming in and hacking absolutely so like it, it, it always happens and it, it, it's very difficult especially if you're a, a smaller organization, hundred percent. That you're going. Where's my, Where's the revenue coming from? <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you're one of the bigger organizations, same recruitment. You know, there's usually a bit of bit of contingency there. But there was a it was a bit of a, a weird time. But let's go into more positive. That kind of when did you see that turnaround to be honest, we've seen a turnaround at the end of Q1.
1: So it would have been March. We had a very yep. positive March. Um, and again, like typically because of, I suppose, how historically it had occurred, mm. we were expecting April to kind of go the exact same way and it would just build momentum and it would keep going the same as it had in 2020, 2021 and 2022. Um, it wasn't the case yeah. there was there was another slight kind of dip yeah. but it really has
0: picked up this, this we, quarter we've seen it since June
1: Yeah, kind of second of June suddenly people went hey let's go hiring again yeah let's exactly um, and I suppose one thing that has benefited us to be 100% honest Gavin is like when I joined the company and I suppose I'm not taking credit for this whatsoever by the way but it, it was a case that <laughs> we were very tech heavy in terms of yeah. our clientele that's not by accident or coincidence obviously that's mm. where a lot of the contract roles are in the Irish market but since 2020, there has been an awful lot more kind of information out there to hiring mm. clients as well as obviously to, to different recruitment partners that may yeah. never have been interested in the contracts desk before. And it's expanded into life science, pharma, engineering was kind of always there anyway. But yeah. So MedTech, that it, that has to be, was flying, I'm guessing, 21, 22. Is that still as busy? It's still as busy. But what I would say is it's you can, it's very, very obvious when you're on the phone to someone that's contracting for the first time as to what industry mm. they're coming from before you even ask the question. <laughs> and the reason being, it's it's... Completely natural, I suppose, to a certain extent. If you're speaking to someone that's worked in IT, yeah, like ninety-nine point nine percent of people will have worked alongside contractors yeah. in the med tech space because it's so new. There'd be an awful lot of people that were really? never even never spoken thought. to a contractor, yeah. so it is starting to infiltrate into, you know, colleague conversations yeah. and and I suppose conversations to happen on the worksite or, um, in the workplace. But it's definitely yeah. picked up, but it's it's not at the same capacity as to where tech is, where you know when you speak to someone in tech that's been offered a contract role, it pretty much sells itself. Yeah, there's a lot more, like you say, that we touched on at the start. There's a lot more kind of cautiousness and concern from someone that maybe hasn't worked beside a contractor and hasn't seen someone in the same
0: place for the last four years. Yeah, it's funny and and like I know so well, but like people are still surprised there's an industry in that space yeah. <laughs> I guess it's, fucking, it's fucking huge <laughs> it's so um, skills wise this is what I'm always interested in what has what what are the top five skills uh, but what what is in demand like is it still core development or is it kind of change management where, where are we at at the moment change management has slowed down
1: obviously that was massive 2021 yeah. late 2020 um, it's more so like you say to start the, the development is back on so software developers cyber security is still a big one obviously um, anyone that's kind of actually doing an engineering side to mm. tech as well that's massive at the moment um, but the biggest emerging I suppose role that we've seen over the last 12 months in the tech space predominantly has been data analysts yeah on um, contract yeah. Okay. yeah massive massive number of, of data analysts and again, from I suppose something that we done last year was Grad Ireland for the first time. Mm. The amount of graduates coming out in in that capacity as well is it's alarming, but exciting. I suppose
0: at the same time, what would be the average kind of career? time then to get people are getting into contracting it used to be like five year plus six year plus yeah definitely Um, now it is changing
1: it is it's definitely changing and we can see it changing because not only is the average age of our client base dropping and it's because we're getting older (laughs) quite sporadically (laughs) to be honest um, it's a case that I suppose contract roles are starting to open up in terms of it's not just you know the lead engineer you're bringing in on a contract basis so the experience is definitely still something that's obviously required because when you're onboarded as a contractor, you're expected to come in and hit the ground running. Yeah. It's not something that you are you you know, you can find your fee. Absolutely not. You've got a specific day rate and you're expected yeah. to deliver on day one. Um, so what I would say there is that they do like to see kind of at least a year to two years experience. But what I like now is that I suppose how you get that experience is a little bit more flexible. Okay, so yeah. you can be working full time, but you can also be doing, I suppose, projects on the side. Yeah. and It's your portfolio projects that the yeah.
0: actual they're more interested in seeing and company sizes is there, is there a specific company that you see would hire contractors or is there like is it a, always going to be an enterprise type business is it surprisingly actually some of the zero to hundred seats hire contractors or what, what what are you seeing on that space it's
1: definitely like you say it's definitely like the large organisations because they're so familiar with that yeah. method of engaging talent it, it, it's not even a consideration for them but what we have seen a big uplift in is SME So SME companies are actually onboarding contractors. Now, again, it might not be, I suppose it might not be as exciting in terms of software engineering, you know, software development, but it could be as simple as implementing the CRM or on the back of that change management kind of process that they're after going through over the last number of years. So literally all sizes are are engaging with contractors. Um, Again, a lot of it is down to, I suppose, the recruitment professionals on the back end of things. And I suppose the promotion
0: education and the information that they're providing. Is it still recruitment heavy? Is it still agency heavy or is it companies going, I I would guess by now that, Companies might be a bit more comfortable doing it direct, or is it still kind of recruitment heavy?
1: Very recruitment heavy, to be honest, and and I can understand why. Um, I think that at this moment in time, obviously LinkedIn is probably your best chance of actually finding talent. Yeah. Um, outside of obviously going, obviously the, going to Dublin Tech Talks that's, yeah. is number 100 percent, hundred percent. Well, I'd actually go to Dublin Tech Talks first, but now LinkedIn is essentially kind of the yeah. the platform where most people obviously look for roles. Um, what I would say is that. Again, it's it's. don't get me wrong, it's useful, but it's not ideal for contractors. And the reason being, even when you're in the recruitment space, yeah. you're looking for someone that could potentially be interested in a contract role. They'll have down that they're working at Google, but it'll come up that they're an employee yeah. at Google, not a contractor at Google. Yeah. So it's still a little bit difficult, but we're working
0: on something that... I actually, I, say, I, I find that really funny that People are reluctant to say they're contracting in, in companies, and and it's it's really funny. Like if I was a professional contractor, I'd be telling myself everybody I'm a 100%. contractor, so I would get targeted more.
1: Ex- absolutely, because look, again, the biggest compliment you can get is that you have the skill set. Yeah, that, you know, Google were interested in bringing into their organization or whoever it may be. Um, so yeah, it's it's a, it's an interesting time. But I would say that again, companies do like to have that added security of a partnership mm-hmm. with a recruitment space. So it's definitely still recruitment heavy.
0: So before we finish. Back to one last kind of really interesting space, the compliance space. Yes. If you're hiring contractors, yes. What should that contractor have? Okay. And you know, obviously, it's the service you give. But if you're, you know, what are the kind of key things to make sure as a business that you're 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 in compliant?
1: So the first thing that I would say to anyone is, first and foremost, make sure they're going through a private limited company structure. And um, the reason being is the sole trader avenue is is yeah. far too difficult to manage. The documents that I would be requesting from anyone would be essentially the certificate of incorporation for the company, the VAT registration certificate to yeah. prove that the company is registered there. And then also most companies would like to see insurance. Um, the final piece is the tax clearance. Because I that means... The insurance
0: company. has always been funny. Why, why should a company have a company insurance?
1: Because I suppose it's it's probably a grey area, to be 100% honest, Gavin, in terms of, okay, well, if a contractor is in working for Google and something happens, yeah. whose insurance is a following in? Is it, is it Google's? Is it the... Well, you know? they're a company. Well, they are. It, it should be. It yeah. should be. But again, let's say, I suppose, I, it's probably just an added safety mechanism yeah. whereby...
0: I always like for any contracts to be hired it's, it's number one. Yeah, has they to. have to. They're a limited company, they're their
1: own company. And to be honest with you, for them as well. Yep. You know, it's not just for the organization, it's actually for the independent professional themselves. Now, we've been blessed over, I suppose, the 15 year period that we've mm. been in the market where it's never been required. But again, we'd much rather have it there in yeah. the event that it is required. It's a brave comment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jair will be on the phone to yeah. <laughs> you. Yeah. Eight years, eight years. I believe it has to be in place afterwards. But no, look, again, it is a requirement. Yeah. It's a safety mechanism, not only for the organisation but also for the independent professional. And it does give them a little bit of peace of mind in the background that should anything go wrong, um, because obviously so many things can go wrong mm. when you're, you know, if you're developing a system for a bank, like there's there's liability there potentially. So it's nice to have that insurance in place, and it's definitely something yeah. I'd
0: recommend. Brilliant. Sean Pickett Head of Business Development for Iconic Counting. Thank you very much for joining us on Dublin Tech Talks. It's great chatting. No problem. Thank you, Gavin. Thank you for Thanks, having Mil.
1: me. Talk to you soon.